Welcome back, everyone, to another episode, another issue of AIC Stories Podcast. I'm usually Dave, David Swiduck, your host, creator, writer, narrator, producer, you name it, the, the creative mind and engine behind AIC Stories Podcast and all the different series we're doing here, like Faded Words and Mystery Minnesota. But today, I have something very special for you. You see... Every week, I tell you guys about our official AIC Stories Discord server we have. And one of the things we've started doing in there for anybody who's wanted to jump into the Discord is we started the AIC Stories Story Club. Think of it like a book club, monthly book of the month, or whatever you want to call it. Except for we're not limiting it to just books. We're going to maybe look at movies or, you know amazing stories in a Netflix series, for example, or who knows what. And of course, books are on the table. And so the first iteration of this, this is the very first AIC Stories Story Club live chat that we had about a book that we as a group decided to jump into called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by the author V.E. Schwab. Now, I'm not going to say too much about the book right now because you know what? We're going to have a good conversation about it right, right here in a second. But I had the distinct honor and pleasure of being joined by a handful of amazing people that are friends and fellow Discord members in the AIC Stories Discord chat and listeners of the show, fellow story-loving friends. And as you'll hear, I'll let them introduce themselves here in the Discord. I don't want to say too much about them. Um, but we had a great conversation about this book. We, as a group, decided to read it, took our time with it, and had a great time diving a little deeper into the story, how it hit us, the things we thought about the storytelling, about the story itself. I do want to warn you a couple things right up front. First off, this book, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, if you have not read it yet... You might want to turn this off, read it first, and come back, because we do talk a lot of spoilers. So this is your spoiler content warning. This episode will be full of spoilers about the invisible life of Addie LaRue. So if that's something you're worried about, I'm not offended if you hit pause, hit stop, and read the book first and come back to this later. If you don't worry about spoilers and you're not concerned about it and just want to hear a little more about this book, even if it gets spoiled for you, please enjoy the conversation. The second thing, uh, order of business, housekeeping, whatever you want to call it, is that I did record this and we tested it out uh, doing this live chat through Discord, which actually worked pleasantly well. As such, though, keep in mind the audio quality recording through something like Discord uh, is going to not quite be the same as if we were all in the studio together or anything like that. It's just that we had too many people to be able to jump into the usual remote recording sessions I, I typically would use. And as such, you may hear some of the typical internet bleeps and bloops and you know skitters and things like that that we're used to in today's world of Zoom calls and online face-to-face -face meetings and FaceTime and all that kind of stuff. So 
just be warned that's there it's it's actually pretty solid um i was very impressed with how discord handled it so that's the disclosures out of the way but enough of me babbling let's get right into this fantastic conversation of the inaugural aic story club where myself and a handful of other aic stories listeners and story loving friends have a great conversation about the book the invisible life of Addie larue by ve schwab let's get into that conversation right now So I want to welcome you all to the the inaugural, the very first AIC Story Club live chat. We decided about a month ago, and I think it was uh, sometime early July into June, um, to try and, and put together this little bit of a, almost like a book club, but we might talk about movies in the future. Who knows what we'll do, but it's just a place to have a bunch of people jump in and enjoy a story together, and then we'll talk about it at the end of each month. and. If things work out well, people, if you're hearing this now, things worked out well, and we're going to be releasing these as just a little bonus episode to give you a little extra content. Now, warning up front, we are today going to be discussing the book, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab, and there will be spoilers. So if you haven't read this book yet and don't want the story spoiled for you, turn it off, go read the book, and then jump back and listen to this, of course. Um, but we're going to have a kind of no holds barred talk about this story, chat, have fun. Cause I think the, the general consensus is that most seem to enjoy it at least. And, um, tonight I'm joined, I'm going to have you guys uh, kind of say yourself. Cause I, I know some of you personally, but I know we've got all the screen names and stuff and I forget who's who. So why don't we, I've got uh, four others here that jumped in with me and a few others that couldn't make it tonight, but why don't you guys just take a second you don't have to give your full name, last names or anything, but, you know, kind of a, hey, I'm so-and-so and, you know, whatever you want to say. And we'll go from there. So whoever wants to go first, go ahead. I'm Christy and I'm in Southwest Missouri. Perfect. I am Justin. I'm in Southern Minnesota. Nice. I'm Matt and I'm in West Northern Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, Jacob. I'm in North Carolina. Perfect. Well, I am. I, I first off, I want to just thank you guys because this was a bit of a just a wild hair up my rear end idea that I thought this would be fun to do. And I, I don't know if anyone else is interested, but when I threw it out there, everyone seemed to be kind of excited about it. I know we had quite a few more that actually read, um, but that just either didn't want to or or couldn't make it to the chat tonight, and that's perfectly fine. Um, but I want to just thank you guys for for jumping on board and and jumping in and enjoying a story with me and kind of doing something where it's not just me telling you a story. It, it's more we're all experiencing this together. So 
first off, like I said, just thank you for that. I, it really means a lot that you guys wanted to jump in, are willing to test this out and, and try something new with me. And the idea of a book club's not new, but hey, it's it's new to AIC stories. So we're going to give it a go and see what happens. So The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue uh, by V.E. Schwab. What I'll do, I'm going to give you just, I'm looking at Goodreads. And I'm going to give you their little blurb about it for anyone listening in case they don't know. And then we're going to jump into the conversation. I'll kind of open it up to whoever wants to start wherever we want to start, and we'll see where the conversation goes. So this book, uh, the blurb on it says, France, 1714. In a moment of desperation, a young woman makes a Faustian bargain to live forever and is cursed to be forgotten by everyone she meets. Thus begins the extraordinary life of Addie LaRue and a dazzling adventure that will play out across centuries and continents, across history and art, as a young woman learns how far she will go to leave her mark on the world. But everything changes when, after nearly 300 years, Addie stumbles across a young man in a hidden bookstore, and he remembers her name. In the vein of the time traveler's wife and life after life, the Invisible Life of Addie LaRue is New York Times best-selling author V.E. Schwab's number one New York Times best-selling author genre-defying tour de force. So, who wants to start it off? Where do we want to start with this story? What do you guys want to want to start talking about here? Well, I'll jump in first and sure. uh, just say I never thought I would have necessarily wanted to read. Um, I, I did an audiobook because... I, I have a lot of time in the car and I have to admit starting out on this book, I was kind of like, this is not necessarily my style, but I'm gonna go ahead and push on through because I wanted to participate. And once I think I was, a, it was total 17 hours. And once I got about an hour into it, I was hooked, like, like wanting to listen to it constantly. So I appreciate the fact that you kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone and to get me to read something or listen to something that I wouldn't necessarily have originally thought. So I uh, really enjoyed the book all in all. I, I'm curious who else listened to it. Cause I listened to most of it, but some of it I read when we were on vacation. Mm. I just didn't have headphones with me and I didn't want to sit in bed and have this book reading with my wife laying there. <laughs> so, um, but like I thought the narration was fantastic. Yes. Um, like compared to when I read it, like I, I think the narration adds something extra to it with how the narrator did it. So if like, if you're an audiobook person, this is definitely one that I would recommend reading, mm-hmm. but I agree like the, the first chapter, I don't know how long it was. I don't think it was the full hour that Christy listened to before she was there, but just the first chapter hooked me. Like I, I thought of that as just like, if that was its own little short story, like I would want so much more and I'm glad there was so much more to go after that. Yeah, it, it was, it was fantastic. And Matt, I think it was you that recommended this to us. Uh, so great call there because this is one that I think for a lot of us was maybe something just reading the description. I don't know if this is in my wheelhouse. I didn't, I wasn't familiar with his author very much either. And so jumping in, it was Again, like Christy said, a little outside the wheelhouse, like, oh, we'll see what happens. But uh, I had some notes just from that the opening page where the way they describe uh, Adeline running for her life towards the woods, the the freckles, one uh, it said one for each love and one for each life saved. I just I thought it was a, a very captivating entrance and opening to this book. 
that instantly sucked me in. You know, where is it going? Who is Addy? Why can't people remember what's going on here? And it sucked me in in a big way. So Matt, what made you interested in this book, you know, in order to recommend it to us in the first place? You know, I was like anybody else, just kind of slowly adding to that, uh, the pile of stuff to, to read in the future. And this one's just kind of came up. Um, I mean, I was, I, I followed, uh, I followed the publisher on Twitter. So I get, you know, just constant barrage of, all right, this book's coming out next. This book is also coming out. This one's pretty good. This one just kind of kept showing up and showing up. And I'm sure it was part of the, you know, the, the PR push and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. To happen. But, you know, same thing. I, you know, I picked it or I started reading the first couple the first paragraph into the first chapter and we hadn't even, you know, really brought up the, brought this side of it up where, Hey, let's, you know, right. all read it and whatnot. So I was, Oh, I don't know, probably five or six chapters in before we even kind of started thinking about this and not knowing, not knowing the group, not knowing any of you folk, I'm just kind of threw it out there and said, well, let's see what happens. And you know, <laughs> I, yeah, I read the entire thing. Mm-hmm ebook but i didn't uh yeah didn't listen to it but definitely it was it just kept going and rolling and it was it was a great read yeah i, I really enjoyed it and jacob if i remember you had you had blasted through this pretty quickly and i know early on i mean it, it felt like it was only about a week in when we started this you're like oh i've read it and i've got some thoughts and i don't know if they're gonna gonna line up with what everyone else is saying so what was your initial takeaway on this? Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I got through probably two thirds of it in like the, the first week after it dropped. And then, uh, the last third took me a little bit longer, but, um, I think my takeaway from the, the get go, uh, and actually I, I, I never changed my mind on it was, uh, I would take the deal. No question. Yeah. Absolutely. I would take the deal with all the, the caveats and tricks and, and, and downsides, I would, I would take it in a heartbeat. Yeah. So I, that's, I kind of, it may have, I may have taken a little bit something different than other people from the story because I didn't really see the downside. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, Are you that, talking about the first deal or the last was, deal? No, exactly. The first deal. Which deal? The okay. initial deal. The initial okay. deal. Yep. And yeah. so just so just so people, if, if you're listening, if you've read it, we're re- we're referring to the the deal when she decides she wants to be free. And you know, it's interesting because when that that section comes up, you know, there's there's references to the fact that look, there's you know, these these gods after dark, you know, they they always have a catch, they always have a trick, and she doesn't realize darkness falls and then this this creature shows up like this guy she's been fantasizing about and at that point i mean i was sucked into the story but i also was like boy this is a little more romance than uh, i usually read you know i don't know what's going on here but yeah it it told that line so beautifully and that's that's interesting when you talk about being you know the paying the price and i i think i kind of agree with that where yeah i would take that deal although i also think about having to watch the fact that all of your loved ones no longer know who you are, you know, and, and I've got a couple of young kids and my wife and I think, wow, what if that, if that were to happen and suddenly, you know, the next morning they had no idea who I was, 
you know, and then you're on your own. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of upside to be able to see and experience and do all this stuff, but man, there's some heavy prices to pay on the downside, but it, it's interesting. I was going to say, yeah, it's a great way. It's a great thought experiment for sure. And that's kind of what drew me in a lot too, is you start, you know, she starts to describe what's happening and how it's, how it's going to affect her going forward. And you're like, oh yeah, someone turns around and all of a sudden you're a stranger in your own home. How, how do you even deal with that? That's unbelievable. That's so tough to try to, you know, and and they did a great job of explaining, all right, well, now I got to go and I'm pretty well on the run by myself. I mean, just, um, again, I, I, I think I probably, possibly just because I don't have kids, uh, that probably makes a big difference. Um, but just as my life stands, like, I don't, I, there didn't seem to be a whole lot of downside to me. Like, I think, uh, <laughs> In the grander scheme of things, and I know this is kind of a nihilistic way of looking at things, but in the grand scheme of things, most people don't really leave a mark either way. So True. most people, in 100 years, looking back, almost everybody will have disappeared without a trace. So yeah, yeah. the idea of, but you still get to live. So you're not really giving up much more than anybody else would have. You know what I mean? So uh, I, uh, I, I don't see the downside on it. But like I said, I'm probably a little bit weird on that one <laughs> no that that makes perfect sense i know the one thing i know uh, a couple of you guys in here are makers that we're all we know each other a bit from another discord we're in and um i thought it was interesting i thought of you guys in the early part of this story when they described her father because he was a woodworker and he had made her a bunch of stuff and that's one of the things that throughout this story kind of comes up over and over again. Was it the, the small bird or something <laughs> that he had carved yep. yes. and, and then that ring he had made her. And I thought, boy, that's interesting thinking of, you know, here it's something that that becomes a thing she's really treasuring as time goes on. I thought that was kind of fascinating. The one thing that kind of resonated with me through the whole thing is how it actually, this situation is kind of applicable to, lives for a lot of people. I mean, obviously not living 300 years and, and going through that, but the consequences of impulsive bad decisions. Now, I say bad kind of like in quotes there because to each their own as to whether it is a bad decision, but consequences of actions, consequences of, of um, making decisions in the heat of the moment. Now, I'm also, I don't know that I'm necessarily saying I would take the deal, but I can understand her, the fear of, of the life that she was going to live and how that was as much as killing her for her. You know what I mean? Um, but I do think people deal with that situation. The constant, like I said, the consequences of your choices, the consequences of, of your actions, good, bad, or indifferent. We have to live with, we have to live with those decisions that we make. You know, very much so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and like, how many years did it take her to figure out all those consequences? Like, she was yeah. still like 150 years later. She's still figuring out like right. all the inner workings of this deal she made, and working out those consequences and trying to figure out how to live with it. Right. Well, and there's there was a concept I, I made a note of. It was from sometime in the earliest chapters, but the idea that for her freedom is the idea of you know. I will not belong to anyone, which she thought of to her as as marriage and children and all of that stuff. 
Um, and the way that that kind of transfers over to mean that uh, when you think about the arc of this whole story, she got what she wanted. She doesn't belong to anyone because no one remembers her. It's really, you know, this concept that it, it, we only live on as people by virtue of memory, you know, and in, in terms of, I think Jacob, what you were saying, you know, leaving a mark in the future, nothing we make or physical possessions, any of that stuff really is going to matter by and large, unless you're some, uh, you know, artist that gains renown, you know, after death that people like a, in the photography world, like an Ansel Adams or someone like that, where after they, they die, they become almost more popular than when they're alive because you really impacted something. But you know, by and large, that's not most people. And it's just that memory that people carry with us, whether it be grandchildren, great grandchildren, whoever it is, someone whose life you impacted in some way, you know, it was interesting to me how they kind of showed that as a way of, you know, it's, it's not really that they control you. They may not necessarily own you, but the thought and memory of us is, is what's got to remain in order for us to you know, stay free basically and, and be remembered. So I also thought it was interesting that throughout all this time she spends like not leaving a mark. She meets Luke and he kind of introduces her or kind of shows her like they go to the opera and he talks about Shakespeare. And it seems like he's done all these deals with people who want to leave marks. And this is the one person he's done a deal with who does not want like can't leave yeah. a mark. Yeah. It, it was. I was it expecting was a, some sort of literary montage where he goes through and starts showing. Here's Shakespeare. Here's Beethoven. Here's yeah. You know, mm-hmm. all sorts of a, you know, rattle off five or eight people had been. At some point, it's it probably would have gotten a little cheesy, but I'm glad they did it mm-hmm. the way they did. It was pretty smart. I do think it kind of emphasizes the importance, and I can't remember the line off the top of my head, but it's. Something, you know, memories aren't forgotten, but ideas are, or something along that line. And I think that that plays, that comes into play regularly in real life. I mean, um, because we can have an influence or an impact. Now, not necessarily going to last 300 years and not necessarily going to be a painting on the wall. But, you know, there is a ripple effect to things that we can do, at least for the relatively more you know foreseeable future kind of thing i didn't know if i didn't want to jump in there i don't want to do i don't want to necessarily dominate (laughs) the conversation but that that's absolutely right i mean it's it's uh the the fact that she's able to influence we see late in the book you know all the different artists and musicians and uh, painters and all this stuff that she's able to influence not by them remembering her but because she's able to plant that idea in their head and she goes back it's it's it really kind of spoke to the way the writing style in this came together where each chapter it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a traditional you know here's the path a b c d e all the way to the end it was like stepping into just little moments of of this massive you know three century lifespan that she's on and seeing these little snippets of how she's planting these ideas, how she's wrestling with things on her own, and really letting the ideas become her memory. And it takes her a long time to really understand that she she is leaving a mark, that there is something there. I'm curious to get other thoughts on, because the deal she makes at the end, 
right? Yeah. Uh, does that, do you see that as going completely against what her objective was in the beginning where she doesn't want to like belong to someone? Whereas now she's just kind of given herself over to Luke to save Henry? I think it's to the ultimate sacrifice. And she'd gone gone long enough and learned long enough that her only weakness is people she loved. Mm -hmm. So so that's kind of how I was was thinking. I didn't see it coming. And maybe I'm just, I don't think far enough in advance. There were so many things that happened in this book. I was like, oh, I never, I didn't expect that. I didn't think of that. And when that deal came up and she, and with that idea and just the whole process, I was like, I just didn't see it coming, which I guess made it more enjoyable. Mm. Um, But I don't, I didn't, I don't see that as her giving up or giving in. I think it was her giving more. She still owned it. Yeah. I think she was kind of taking the approach. She was still in control and she, she had figured out his game and as much as there was a weakness on her side and and he was in control and had all this power, she realized that, that he has a weakness also, and it's her, you Mm. know, and and, (laughs) in, in that way, that's how she could finally say that not even to him, she doesn't belong even to him because she was going to play his game, let him, you know, kind of fall completely head over heels in love and do everything she could to make sure that, eventually he just chooses to that he just doesn't want her around and she exploits that weakness and and ends it kind of you know where yeah. she won't belong to him either so let's let's talk a little bit about when we first meet henry what was your reaction when um when they they first talk about how she goes back and he you know he kind of calls her out for stealing the book and you realize like oh crap he remembers her Cause I mean, reading that for myself, I, I remember I, I kind of, I was reading on a Kindle and I, I just kind of put it down and I was like, holy crap, somebody remembers her. Now this thing took a, a big swerve. What's going to happen here? Mm-hmm. So what did you guys think about Henry and his deal? Initially I was, I was like, why, what's with this kid? I'm, he's not, he's not impressing me here. Why are we wasting our time with his story? And then when it got to the point where he remembered her, and then we get to the point why he were or how or whatever you want to call it, I audibly gasped as I was listening to the book in my car. I was just, I, like I said, I didn't see anything coming in this story at all. And I was like, oh, my God. And, and I'm like, I want to talk to somebody, but I don't know where everybody's else at. <laughs> But it, it really like caught me. I was like, oh, now, now I see where we're going with this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. When they, it was like, a record. Go ahead. I was just going to say whatever, I think it's part two or whatever, when they start show, talking about things from Henry's like, perspective or whatnot. Um, I, I was thinking that there's got to be a reason that we're hearing about this guy's life. Right. Yeah. And I was hoping, I was like, I, I was hoping they were going to like interact and he was going to remember her and he was going to do something to set off some chain of events. Uh, that's what I was hoping for. And I was so glad, like, I think I was, um, I think I was driving like you were Christy when he said he remembered her. And I was like, damn right. He does. Like, I was just so <laughs> pumped that it happened. Yeah. 
Matt, what did you have for us on Henry? I was just going to say that, I mean, it was, it was definitely a record scratch moment where it, everything just changed, you know, and I was, I was following along kind of in her head trying to figure out, well, okay, did she leave the door open? Did he kind of follow her out with his eyes? So he didn't, you know, necessarily forget like everyone else had up until this point. And then it kind of kept going and going. It was, it was, holy cow. That's one of the chances. Well, you know. Yeah. And his, his, you know, her deal, we talked about, would you take it? His deal definitely felt, uh, how do I put this? It it worked out perfectly in the story, but his deal absolutely felt very much more Hollywood trope style where, you know, the classic, oh, here's the catch, you know, you're doing it for a lifetime, but it's only going to be a year, you know, and you don't know it's only a year until close to the end of the book. But when that happened, it was like, there's got to be a catch in, in how all I could think about up until things started to become clearer, you know, towards the end of his journey was, okay, so he made this deal for his lifetime, even if that's a regular lifetime and he doesn't like die early from, you know, cancer or something like that. She, if they stay together, she's going to have to put herself through falling completely for this guy, having someone there for the equivalent of basically a lifetime regular person and then go on with nobody and mm-hmm. go through all of that again. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that is, that is heartbreaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought if it went that way, that's when she breaks, right? Like when right. it's near the end of his life, but when it, the deal was for a lifetime. And as soon as they mentioned that watch, I was like, okay, how much time is on this freaking watch? Cause I know right. that's the key. Like right. how, how fast is this thing counting down? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's, I don't know, you know, his, his deal made out of desperation and it, it, you know, you think about that, she could have very easily gone that way, but I think it would have been much more predictable had, you know, had that be how, was it Luke? He's the, he's the devil. Um, Uh I I forget names in there, but um, that could have been a, you know, a great way to have him set it up to break her and, you know, have him play nice and kind of skip forward through a lifetime together. And, you know, they have a family and kids and all this stuff. And, and suddenly she has to get it all taken away, but I'm glad they didn't do that. Cause that would have felt very cliche, I think. And really <laughs> to me would have ruined the story, but it, it was just a beautiful story. I was, I was thinking of something too, as they got more and more together and obviously she's gotten used to, you know, her situation, reintroducing herself every time someone leaves a room, that kind of thing. Can you imagine, and maybe talk a little bit about your thoughts on it. The, the fact that all of these friends, his closest couple friends there, every time they leave the room, she's got to go through it again, but not only that, but he does also. And this is all new to him. So even though he understands what's going on, can you imagine that situation in your own life? And, and how would you handle that? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like that's- I mean, really? Because, yeah. I mean, that, it, it, I don't know. I mean, it, it's just, besides being awkward and trying not to, trying not to be like, yes, we've heard, I've heard that before. You know, I know she said, has said that a number of times throughout the book. But, you know, I'm, I'd be, I would, okay, this would be Justin. He would want to be a smart ass. And so he would, oh, I'm sorry if I wasn't supposed to say that. No, you're he, fine. He, he would be like, he would be saying the lines before the other people say them because they know they're, she knows what's coming because 
right. um, B or D or whatever that friends was, she would always say the same thing. So yeah. I think for Justin, it would be a game where he would try to, he would try to like predict what they're going to say every time and <laughs> which maybe that would make it more interesting. I don't know. Right. I mean, I think it'd be a while before I would say it out loud before they said it, but definitely in my head, I would always be like, I know exactly what you're going to say. But think of all like the, you could have just a whole slew of like witty comebacks if someone always makes the same joke or whatever. Like you could just wreck them and then leave and come back and do it again. Be like Groundhog Day. Right. But I don't think that's only going to be fun for a hundred years or so, I would think. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's at least a hundred years. Like if you have all the time in the world. (laughs) hundred years something at least uh, i think if i were in henry's shoes though that would be maddening like yeah I, I would find a reason like if somebody was getting up to leave i would be like we're gonna leave too just to avoid the situation like just, just if somebody's yeah. leaving i don't want them to come in and feel like they're dumb because we're all having a conversation and they're just coming in thinking that you weren't even here 10 minutes ago so. right well and now I, the one or go, go ahead. ahead no you, you go ahead with yours well, I was going to say, this is, you know, because I'm thinking through weird things is going, but like when she's on a date and, and I'm like, at some point in time, did the date not have to go use the restroom? Because, <laughs> you know, she talks about spending the day with different people throughout the thing. And I'm like, but I realize you can't be so picky on those kind of things. But it, I did kind of chuckle what I thought. I thought now I'm sure somebody would have to go to the restroom. And, but then maybe that's, you know, that's her cue to exit stage left and dates over, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you mean on a first date, you don't usually follow someone into the bathroom and watch them <laughs> down and go? That's how well, you know no. when it's like, it's real or not. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is, it is kind of wild to think about that. I, I, I found myself many times in this book thinking like, wow, this, this is, is kind of mind blowing. Like, like Matt was saying earlier, an excellent thought exercise and in, in on many different levels. I mean, I don't want to go too far down like a religion path or anything, but even early, early on in this book, when the, who was the old woman that she always looked up to? I can't remember her name in the village. Estelle. Um, She talks about it and she's describing, you know, the old gods and how, you know, they're not kind or merciful. They're, they're everywhere. You know, they're moonlight on the water, shadows on the storm, all those kinds of things. And you know, describing all of that and how they're, they're literally everywhere. If you want help, you have to be, um, willing to go where they are. And and I thought even as a, like, a a way to, to think about religion in, in some senses, that's really kind of how the concept of, of God in general works. He's everywhere. Of course, you're praying, you know, most people into, to one God of whatever their chosen religion is, but it's kind of the same premise and it, it was fascinating how she tied even that kind of stuff in and gave it this feeling of kind of marrying old folklore and mythology type viewpoints from, from historical aspects into a more modern, uh, setting, I guess you could say without ever actually getting, you know, preachy or nothing about it and saying, this is how it works. It was it was really the the history stuff. Even when you talked about the montage of authors and things like that, it was just so well woven throughout this whole story that just enough of it to make you think and and get the picture and then move on. It was it was something I really really appreciated from this this book and this writing. Agree. So we well, were thinking. Oh, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, if you think about like when Addy was first getting started, it was like early 1700s in rural France, right? Right. Like even the old gods and like the the Catholic and Christian churches were still new at that point in the area, I think. So right. I mean, it's not that far off base. Like the folk no. folklore wouldn't even have been folklore at that time. That's just that's how it was. Right, and that's that in itself. I mean, this is kind of off topic, but some of you guys have listened to me on on the other shows I do uh, with my friends Jason and Adam, and and you'll know if you listen to those. I like to just my mind wanders. It's it's a a, a deep dark place in that imagination of mine. But um, <laughs> it's it's this idea of like trying to wrap my head around when folklore isn't folklore and it's just like oh yeah that happened five years ago like the way we think about oh remember the 80s and 90s you know when we were kids that's what the folklore was you know they're like oh there's a monster that lives in the water that don't let your kids buy it he'll eat your eat your kids you know and that's what was normal to them and and you know trying to put my head in that that space and imagine living in that kind of time it's it's I know I always love getting lost on those rabbit holes, but then I also kind of have to, you know, slap myself and say, okay, enough of that (laughs) because you'll stay down these imagination holes forever. So Mm -hmm. now I did appreciate the historical bits and pieces that were coming along the line. And I appreciate how they really did talk about and emphasize how bad it sucked to be a woman during some of those early years. I mean, cause yeah. even yeah. being able to walk down a street or being able to do anything at all. I mean, you talk about tough. I mean, that just, mm. that just, that was just, I appreciated it from a female perspective that it was acknowledged and treated as it was because it was such a, I mean, it was just illogical to think of now, but that was life back then. Yeah, the well, fact that she's leered at just for sitting alone in a park, like in the right. broad daylight in Paris, right? Like, just because yeah. she's a woman by herself, like oh, scandalous. Right. Mm-hmm. I had started this book making you know some little bits of notes here and there, chapter by chapter, and I quickly realized I, I can't do this. I, you know, chap- I did that through chapter nine, and then I was like, okay, from now on, I'm just going to jot down some some bigger ideas, not chapter by chapter. But in chapter eight, that was the note I put. It said to think that at 23 years old. She was already considered dried up, and it was a mercy that someone wanted to marry her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought, wow, what? I mean, it is historically accurate how, how women were viewed then. And I, I just thought, wow, that is insane to think. Because now, I mean, I, I've got a daughter who she's only 12, going on 23. Um, but <laughs> I, I think about you know people today, you look at someone that's 25 years old, and there, you you know, a lot of times if you're older, like like myself, you know, I'm in my forties and it's like, oh, they're just kids yet. They don't even know, you know, they, they haven't even begun to, their life is ahead of them still. And to think that in those times, 23 years old, you were basically an old hag if you weren't already married in, in a pile of kids and everything else. It's, it was mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, it, she talks about later, um, when she goes back to, uh, her village, like after Estelle has died, that Estelle, she had, she never got married. She never had kids. So when she died, they just split all her stuff up amongst the village because she belonged to right. the village. Right. Like, yeah. She wasn't her own person. She was just part of the village. Yeah. Mm. 
It pretty, pretty, I mean, Zeke. this, this whole book, I mean, I, I the, my biggest feeling coming away from it was, wow, that was a great story and, and excellent storytelling, but it just had so much impact. And, and I like Matt, how you said it earlier is a, on so many levels, a great thought exercise. It's one of the, one of the few books I've read this year, at least specifically, and I think I'm just under 40 for the year now, but one of the few that is really stuck with me, you know, and, and I've thought about it when I, when I finished it in, in those last pages went and it kicked me back on the Kindle, back to the cover page or whatever. And, you know, you want to mark this as red and everything. I just sat there kind of looking at it and thinking like, wow, that was, it really said like, that was something that was a story, you know, and it was, it uh-huh. was so good. So, so Jacob, I want to ask you, because I know you've been, we, we've all been, you know, kind of hogging the conversation here. <laughs> <laughs> what what other thoughts did you have about this book that you know things that maybe we haven't touched on yet things that stood out to you like dislike anything like that um i go through periods where i either like some years i read you know 50 60 books plus and and some years you know maybe only get through two or three through the year um this one i'm not um it it was serviceable. Uh, that was kind of as far as I would, um, like I'm enjoyed it, but it's not, it wasn't really one that, that I think is going to stick with me, you mm, know? Interesting. Um, it, um, there was, uh, she took it in a handful of the directions. I think she fell down tropes and, and stuff kind of turned out the way I was expecting. Uh, she did, uh, defy expectation in a few places so at least there were a few trips and uh twists and turns um it didn't end up exactly where i thought it was going to end which was which was good um right uh you know again it's it, it was an interesting take on a a well-worn idea um uh, an interesting look at the idea of of the deal with the devil and and our own place in the universe um I enjoyed the, uh, it, 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 it did bring up some kind of existential ideas with me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what, what mark do we leave? Um, what yeah. is, what is the purpose? Um, you know, and for somebody who very much so feels like I float through life without really making much wake, um, I could definitely identify. And I think that's why it was probably so easy for me to imagine uh, being a part of the deal is because it's it those are a lot of feelings that I already I'm I'm fairly familiar with, um, so it's um, so it did definitely provoke some thought, um, but I wouldn't say uh, it it definitely wasn't uh, like top ten of all time, but it was it was uh, a solid exercise you something it's something you you mentioned and i agree where you said she dipped into uh some kind of tropes like you said where you you kind of knew what was coming um in other areas she kind of hooks you in with that and then swerves and and you don't see things coming do you think this story from from a storytelling perspective had it been um completely in in the realm of you know she avoided all of those comfortable tropes i guess you could say do you think the story would have would have, I guess, 
flowed as nicely or, or had the the kind of impact with those swerves or would it have been a little little more just kind of too out there or something or do you i mean basically asking do you think those tropes are kind of necessary to the story in order to set up the swerves in other spots you know it's it's an interesting question there's like you know there is something to be said for leading the audience to expect a certain thing only to defy that thing um i think i mentioned it in the discord recently there was a a, a movie that came out recently uh, with Nicolas Cage, of all people, um, that <laughs> at every turn, the movie set up something that you were expecting. Yeah. And did, and then did the opposite thing. Was that, did, did was a that, different thing. It, was that Pig? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen it oh. yet, but it's on my list. I want to watch it just because yeah. crazy Nick Cage and, and his pet pig. I was like, I've got to yeah. see this. The way that it marketed it, and I and I again I don't want to talk about it because it's 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 one of those movies that I think if you know too much going in it kills right. the impact. I've heard but that. Like, yeah. The way that it was marketed, you were expecting one thing, and you got. It, anyway, it so it, it defied. It treated the tropes in a way that I wasn't expecting. I'll leave it at that. So gotcha. I think there is. Occasionally, you'll get a work of fiction, uh, be it book, movie where they've intentionally done that where they've they've taken the 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 ideas and 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 subverted expectation intentionally um to try to you know and if it's done well it's very masterful you fall into a trap they flip it on you you fall into the next trap they flip it on you um i think and then sometimes they just do things by the number i think this one was kind of in the middle um, I think that she had some very interesting ideas, uh, some new and inventive ideas, um, but it was it was I think written on a backbone of something a little more conventional, um, and that's I mean I'm again mm-hmm. not I don't look at that as a negative. It was just right. um, um, just kind of my takeaway from it. Yep, no, that makes perfect sense. And one thing I was I was just reading a little bit um, about the author herself. And I didn't really realize this until I was looking at it right now. Um, she writes a, a lot of young adult fiction, it looks like. And when she writes her adult books that are not not the YA stuff, she publishes those under the V.E. Schwab name. And then Victoria Schwab is her real name. Those are all of her young adult books. And when I read that as you were talking here, it, it made me kind of think back on the story and realize, yes, yeah, some of the storytelling uh, approach that she takes very much feels young adult, but you know, in the, in the style of a young adult fiction book, but it's dealing with very adult topics, you know, and I, I wonder how much of that, that'd be, a, you know, one of those questions, you know, if we could have convinced her with all five of us to come join us, <laughs> it, it would be a great question for her on how much the two, the two styles have, have kind of bled together. Cause I know in the past I've talked to a handful of YA authors uh, Hannah C. Howard and uh, Marcy Kate Connolly and a few others. They've had some, I, I read some fantastic books and had some interviews with them in, in past episodes when I was still doing a lot of those. And their approach to writing is very different. Like they cut out a lot of the fluff. They need to make things approachable for that, you know, 12 to 16, 18, you know, age range. And thinking of this writing style, they they tend to flow a lot faster and mm-hmm. get you know get rid of the fluff and everything and and I kind of see that in here and I wonder how much of her YA writing if that's what she does uh, predominantly 
I wonder right. how much of that bled into her, you know, adult writing style. Right. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, uh, and on that note, I have to say as a 40 year old dude, I read a shocking amount of young adult fiction. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm, but I mean, the thing is, it's, and a lot of times, like, I'm a big fan of like dystope, the dystopian genre. Mm. And mm. so that there's a big crossover with why, especially in the last, you know, 10, 20 years. Right. Um, but uh, uh, there's something definitely appealing about the young adult. Like, it, it, it gets you, it gets into the story, it gets moving, it's simple, uh, it moves you along. Yep. Um, you know, you can, like, I'm sure Infinite Jest is a great book. But like, I don't want to sit on the beach and read Infinite Jest. Like, yeah, it's, you know, like The Invisible Man. I'm mm -hmm. sure is an excellent piece of literature. Like, I did not enjoy working my way through Invisible Man. Like, right. I, like there's something to be said for Harry Potter or oh yeah, you know, maybe not Twilight, but like you know, <laughs> along those like, there's a lot to be said for something that's simple that you just you rock through it and the, yep. the story it's a blockbuster movie you know it is i i completely agree and that was, that was something up until i started getting a chance to interview some of these other authors that were writing this stuff and reading all their books ahead of time i kind of always looked at ya as on oh, those are kids books you know i don't i don't need to read that those are for kids and then reading them prior to doing the interviews i realized like they're almost the perfect storytelling medium and, and, you know, kind of a step between diving into a Stephen King novel, you know, his older writing, especially and reading, you know, a short story from him. These are full, you know, full length stories, but they are just so much more accessible so much. I don't want to say easier to read, not from a language or, or intelligence standpoint, but more so just from a, you're able to jump in, and really just devour this story, let it hook you in, and you're not sidetracked. I mean, there's a time and place where I, I love jumping into a book, you know, the, especially you find it a lot with with older older books and, and fantasy and, and some of the, you know, higher fantasy, you're, you know, Tolkien did it, um, Terry Goodkind, a lot of these guys where they're going to really paint you, you know, Wheel of Time is another one. They're going to make this amazingly complex, detailed world that really sucks you in but those take a long time to, to get through and they take a, a willingness as a reader to, to, you know, want to soak that up and enjoy that. Whereas if, if you just want to get a good story, that YA genre, I mean, don't sleep on it because there is a ton of amazing stories. Justin, what was the one we had talked about it? It was a Netflix series and I, I read the first book in that. What was that? Um, Shadow and Bone. Shadow and Bone. Yeah. That's a perfect example where that series definitely YA, but it was so good. The the book was fantastic. And it, I mean, you'd look at that and think uh, it even looks like a kid's book, you know, but you read it and it's, it's so much fun to blast through. And that that's interesting to think about this book, Addie LaRue through the lens of this is a YA author telling this extremely heavy adult theme story and I say that not meaning like pornographic or, you know, <laughs> vulgar, but I mean, thoughts of, you know, pondering life and death and what it means to leave a, a mark in your legacy and all of that stuff, grief and loss. And it's, it's a YA read for heavy adult themes. That's 
I, I hadn't realized it's sneaky. that. It's sneaky like that. Yeah, very much so. So I, I wanted to ask you guys something. I was I was kind of thinking of it earlier, um, especially when Jacob you said you know right off the bat I'm taking the deal. <laughs> That's all there is to <laughs> it. I I wanted to to ask you guys um, if you took that deal and and you were forgotten, could live forever, the whole nine yards in this book. What is it that would be kind of aside from Justin, you know, pranking people and driving them mad by reciting lines to them? Um, what were so, what would be some of the things that would be kind of well? If I had that, these are the things that I would want to make sure to see and do. Good question. Well, but that's part of it, though, is you don't know. Hey, you don't know how long the. <laughs> know how mm. long you're going to be hanging around so did Bingo, she yeah. see anything for here's what i want to see in the next 300 years you, there's no way you know especially coming from the 1700s till say present day yeah how much mm-hmm. has changed what's going to happen from from this point if it happened today going forward 300 years how much is it gonna i don't know that, that's a tough question it's trying to trying to tell the future Right. Yeah. Well, even, because you have to, you have to put yourself in position to be there. So, <laughs> trying to trying to catch a cab, trying to you know get on a boat, get on a train. Yeah, and they even bring it up a little bit, like with how fast things can happen. Well, granted, it might be different nowadays, but um, before World War One, Luke tells her, like, a war is coming, and it's not even two weeks later that that everything's evolved into chaos and war. Uh, she's on a boat when it all starts. Like she doesn't even know until she makes it across to America. So, like, if just I don't know, it's hard to even know what you would like want to do. Like, eventually, you have to figure out. Okay, well, like at this point in my life, like if this deal were to happen now, like one thing that I would probably start trying to do is just go around and see like national parks because that's one thing I like to do now, and it'd be cool to go right. see them all. Well, I can, yeah, I can just putz around and get to all that kind of stuff. So, like in her situation, she, I think she didn't even know what her options would be, right? Because she's just trying to avoid the life that's kind of set up for her, marrying this guy and taking on his kids and probably her own eventually. So she's like, well, now I have to figure out what to do. I might as well just start walking to the next big town. You know that I just happen to know where it is because she went there with her dad. So right. go there and just kind of one thing after another. Like I don't think she plans much of anything. She just oh, one thing no. leads her to the next thing. That that makes sense. I, I guess thinking about it, I I kind of worded that poorly, and and I guess what I was getting at there was was kind of more of a what are some of the things you would hope um, that that you'd be able to accomplish or um maybe not necessarily influence but you know some like you said seeing the national parks okay you know you can take a couple years and do that which people don't normally get a chance to do you could dedicate a lifetime to you know something if you really really were passionate about it Mm -hmm. but yeah it's kind of more that idea of you know the the things that maybe you feel called to now that if you could dedicate unlimited time to it you know, th- those, I, I guess thinking on it, it's maybe a little more of a, a smaller, uh, more low individual thing versus 
you know, I want to be part of changing the world or stopping this war. Cause that stuff, obviously you can't see it happen. You know, it's, it's only through looking back that she realizes kind of all that she's been through. Well, I was going to say, I appreciated that. Like, I mean, she didn't even learn, know how to read when she le- left, mm, you know what I mean? Point. So she, she, by the time the end of the book or late in the book, she knew, you know, a zillion languages and this, that, and the other. So at some point in time, she realized, okay, I have time playing the piano. Um, So she invested in herself to improve herself and her situation so that she would be more, um, so it would be easier for her to slip in and out of different situations. And it helps pass the time. And I would think would just be enjoyable because she enjoyed reading and I would think learning in general. So I, I appreciated that from, from her perspective, she was investing in herself once she realized how this was all going to play out. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Yeah. Matt, what about you? Oh, I, you know, and that, that's kind of part of it though. You know, I I don't want to pick apart your question or anything, but yeah, keep in mind she did. She started it when she was just above a teenager, which is putting her middle age, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. However, that works nowadays, and we're all trying to trying to come up with good ideas, and we're you know 30s to 40s, but who knows? It would be yeah, that would be that would be a tough position. I'm not even sure. I like well, the, yeah, I like the I like the national park idea. You could do a lot of traveling, but <laughs> who knows? Well, yeah, and it was, again, I think that's only going to take you so much, like so long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, I think when you start doing it, you know, even, even collecting the skills, like you say, investing in yourself, I think a, a lot of us are just naturally curious like that and, and will continue to push yourself. But I could also very much see it being, uh, I don't even care anymore, you know, let's Damn. just another day, uh-huh. you know, and, and there was, there was a couple times it's mentioned in here, um, where she talks about, you know, even ma- madness going mad. Even that doesn't last forever. She's been mad. She's gone crazy and she's lived through it. Mm-hmm. So even, even something like that, you know, which most people, something like that, you know, uh, some kind of mental health issue or something like that happens. That's a life lifetime thing. And she's gone through it and came out the other side and realized, yep. Okay. I'm done with that now too. That was mind blowing to me. I, I thought about it and I, I had to look it up. There was a, uh, a couple sections. It was, it was back when I was still making the chapter notes, but I thought, boy, if this isn't speaking to me in terms of, um, the podcast here with ASC stories and, uh, you know, I almost considered looking at it and finding a way to, uh, to totally steal it and use it as the show's description it. Cause it talked about, uh, it said, but a life without art, without wonder, without beautiful things, she would go mad. She has gone mad. What she needs are stories. Stories are a way to preserve oneself, to be remembered, and to forget. Stories come in so many forms, in charcoal, and in song, and paintings, poems, films, and books. Books she has found are a way to live a thousand lives or to find strength in a very long one. And I thought, holy cow, that, I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> right up my alley how I approach things. And I know it's, it, it's, 
a little bit of a, a cliche, you know, and it's something, it's not new. It's not a new take on what's the importance of storytelling, but it was so beautifully put. And I thought just thinking about a lifetime like that, that would be the hardest part is you couldn't document it. You couldn't, I mean, I'm a photographer, you know, you couldn't have those photographs, you know, you couldn't keep your journal and, and keep track of all this because nothing sticks. That would probably be the part that drove me most mad. Yeah. That was a good little detail wrinkle that, you know, nobody one's going to, no one's going to think about that, but it does come around to, you're not going to be remembered. I'm not going to let you write anything down. I'm not going to let you mm-hmm. have a phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you try to wipe the dust off something. It's just going to get right back on there. Like as you're yeah. wiping it's yeah, you can't leave a mark. But yet she found a way because the the friend B, I think it was, that was what she was studying before she even met Addie was mm-hmm. this mysterious woman that seemed to to show up and she was positive it was the same woman that was impossible, you know, hundreds of years apart, but she'd show up and be referenced in all these things from all these amazing artists over the years. And so it, it that that was that was I thought that was really brilliant how it was again the idea of the ideas you know mm-hmm. lasting you know even though she couldn't directly leave a mark yep. yeah that being said though i mean if you if you think about it, not to be a downer here but if you think about it i think maybe we're a little spoiled with our modern age where it feels like everybody's leaving a record mm. but go back to 300 mm-hmm. years how many people from 300 years ago do we have any mark that they've left i right. go back 300 years before that and how many right. you go back 1200 years 2000 years you're down into you know double digits triple digits mm-hmm. of the billions of people that have lived right you know how many actually have a mark that has remained so i mean like you said like just go back to 300 years and that's why i thought it was cool that they mentioned just a couple of people that about that did deals just to leave a mark mm-hmm. like right. i think the only ones that were actually mentioned by name were shakespeare and beethoven but Sinatra. Yeah, Sinatra. Yeah. So, like, it's, yeah, like, they needed the deals to leave the mark that they left, and they left some of the biggest marks there are in their respective field. So, yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about, yeah, who has left any. There's a thought that occurs to me, uh, kind of going off of what you were saying, Jacob, about, you know, you know go back 300 years or, or 600 years or 1,000 years. And what's interesting is that, those people have been completely forgotten by and large, with the exception of a a very, very minuscule handful, like you said. But what's interesting now that as we are here in the modern age, what happens is, is people are technologies advancing. Things are getting to a point where they're, you know, uncovering stuff from all these years ago. And even though the, the individual person, you know, Jane Johnson that lived at, you know, in Greece in whatever year, she's not known anymore. No one knows who she is, but they're finding the traces of, of her life or maybe her family's life or, you know, villages, things like that. And because of technological advances and, you know, putting together the pieces of the historical puzzle and many, a lot of times it is just educated guesses that, you know, we're not going to pretend that they, they have some magic way to know exactly what was going on, but through all the clues and the technology and in the generation after generation of learning and people dedicating their lives to it, slowly those things, those ideas are being 
more and more remembered and more and more brought back into culture, which is kind of just a cycle because as much as those are being brought back in, our generation, like all of us here right now, are also going to be forgotten. So 300 years from now, someone might find something from us and, and then try to put together the stuff we learned, you know, who we were, as well as the fact that we were studying cultures 300 years. But, you know, it's just this big wheel that, that kind of keeps keeps grinding away. It's interesting. So as we, I mean, we kind of talked about the ending. And how she, you know, how we, how we, we kind of stand on if she, you know, gave up or, or went into it, I guess any other thoughts as far as the story, I know we've been going for about an hour here. Um, any other thoughts or takeaways that, that stood out to you guys or, or, you know, kind of closing thoughts that you have on the, on the story or the book or the storytelling aspects, anything like that at all? I think you've left us with a lot to think about. That's why the silence is so <laughs> <laughs> the, the silence is so loud around here. It's you really start to put stuff in perspective or you want to try to put stuff in perspective and try to figure out what, what that is that you want to leave. Yeah. People, people watching us 300 years from now. Mm-hmm. I'm not that interesting. I'm with you, Jacob. I'm not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, like I said at the beginning, I mean, I enjoyed it all together. And, you know, when you guys talk about how many books you've read this year, it's a safe bet that for recreation, for just pleasure or enjoyment of my 47 years in life, I have not read a dozen books for just pure enjoyment. Mm. Um, well, maybe a dozen. Um, so this was, this was definitely since it was an audiobook it was it was easier because i'm in yeah. the car so much um but i really enjoyed it because i think if i would have just started reading the book myself um it took me a little bit to really get hooked into it because i am not a um romance story reader i mean that's this is not what with what few books i have read or other form you know tv movie whatever this is not my normal style but once I really dug into it, so I appreciate this group and you guys giving me that um, that hook to actually follow through with it. Because I'm notorious for starting projects and not following through with them also. So, <laughs> so anyway, I, I enjoyed it and I appreciated it a lot. I'm not one that when I when I read, I tend to just kind of plow through stuff. I don't I've got friends, you know, a couple of friends who also very similarly will read 40, 50 books, but they've got two or three going at a time. I, I can't do that. Uh, no, nope, <laughs> I can't do that either, but I'm glad this one, this one was a, you know, fast moving and it was enjoyable. I am really glad that as I did, I, I kind of did the same thing. I dipped a little bit into a little bit of her background and saw kind of the YA stuff. Wasn't, I'm not a YA reader by any means. The, the Shadow and Bone, my wife and I looked at it on Netflix uh, and kind of came up with the same thing. You know, it felt real YA. Uh, just, you know, it wasn't quite up our alley at the time, so maybe we'll revisit it. Maybe I'll... That might actually be my next book to pick here. Yeah, I, I watched the series, and it was fun. You know, it's it's a, it's a fun kind of, you know, younger audience-driven. It's not real... 
heavy and serious, but the book itself to me really saying a lot more than the show. It was just fun because I had read the book first. So you kind of knew what was going to happen and being able to compare, you know, the what they were doing in the book versus the show. And in the show, they actually combined storylines from some other books um into there um that she'd written much later. There's some character arcs and stuff happening. So that was kind of fun. But the book it it was a very fast read and, and it was it was enjoyable. It, it you know wasn't quite didn't stick with me quite as much as as this book did with Ed, you know, Invisible Life of Eddie LaRue, but it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. J- Justin, how about you? Any any final thoughts? Um, probably. <laughs> no, no. I was just thinking you guys were talking about um, looking in the background of the author, and I didn't know like she did any young adult stuff. I had read her trilogy, the uh, Darker Shades of Magic trilogy. Mm. Um. My wife got that a couple of years ago when I read it last year, I think, or the year before. And then I saw this book. I didn't even know this book was out. I got it for my wife for Christmas. I just happened to see it when I was in Barnes and Noble. So it had been sitting on my shelf and I was <laughs> going to read it eventually after she did. But then mm-hmm. when it got brought up as a thing for this, I was like, well, hell, I guess it's sitting on the shelf already. I might as well crack it open. I just happened. To, I got the audio book because it was easy for me to listen to it. I would have never had time to sit down and read this whole thing. Uh, but I had plenty of time where I could listen. So, like, but I'm glad I did. I've told my wife a few times now that she needs to, like, move on from whatever she's reading and just get to this one and read through it so we can talk about it. It's good stuff. <laughs> How did it compare to her other trilogy? Is it not? I don't want to say it's similar, but is there threads that kind of run throughout between the two? Just kind of a. I, I don't want to call it a one-off. I, I'm not even sure if there'd be a spot for a follow-up sequel for this one, but who knows? Yeah, the only thread I can think of that would be similar between the two is the trilogy. It has a couple different characters that it focuses on, but one of the characters is also like a kind of rebellious young lady. Uh, they're definitely a different character than Addie, um, but kind of in that same vein, like. She's how not going to let other people make decisions for how her life goes. How is the writing style compared? I mean, that was one of the things I, I know I mentioned earlier that I loved about this, where it wasn't just, you know, this train barreling forward. Here's part one. You know, you got to go in order of these. This felt very much like just seeing glimpses, stepping into little moments of story that all tied together in the end, but maybe in the moment didn't seem to flow are, are her other books similar to that similar writing style to how she approached this one from what i remember it is different because it's a different okay. it's a different story though so, like this one makes sense with how it's done like you see glimpses of the past while you're right. kind of alternating through the the short okay. present you know time sure. that part of the story so like this is a this story is like 300 years told in however many pages um the trilogies are an actual like story where you pick up at the beginning of the story and then you read through the story i'm pretty sure it was in like in sequence you know there's no flashbacks really there's it's just like the story is happening it's playing out in front of you but it's still like the pacing wise and like descriptive like her descriptive language like it's all still there so if that was what you were a fan of yeah like if it carries over like it's wonderfully written not slow it like the action picks up when it needs to sure so 
Makes sense. That's good to know. Jacob, how about you? I was going to say from a, uh, a storytelling perspective, I'm a fan of the, the trope of using, mm-hmm. um, you know, flashbacks to put context on like the events in the present, uh, you know, going all the way back to watching the Highlander uh, TV show. When I was younger and, you know, basically the same premise uh, of, of the, the, the current story is made relevant by the past. Um, and I think structurally she did a really good job with that. Um, the story moved forward in its own pace, never yeah. felt contrived as far as why she was dropping the scenes from the past in. Um, nice little bit of foreshadowing with like the leather jacket and stuff from the very beginning. So you kind of had an idea. Like I, I think she telegraphed that one a little bit too much for me. I uh, kind of have a feeling that she always ended up with Luke for a bit. Um, but I mean, just structurally, I think it was a, a, a well-told story. Um, like, a, a, you know, a nice little page turner. Um, so, uh, definitely worth the read. That's interesting. Cause I just realized we never even really touched on that section where she spent, I don't know how many years it was, but a good number of years, she just decided that, well, she can't escape him. Might as well love him, you know, or try to, and, and they spent all those, you know, quite a, quite a stretch of time it seemed like together and uh, almost reminded me of you know uh, the, the old is, is it stockholm syndrome you know when you per, the, the people get kidnapped and then end up kind of falling for their kidnappers kind of a thing and uh, interesting little twist there that yeah the leather jacket did kind of uh, telegraph that a little bit but I, that was one of those moments to me where i felt like yes this is a bit of a trope but i think that was necessary to set up that ending ultimately so interesting i I didn't even realize we never even talked about that so (laughs) and i think um i mean it and they i think it was a uh, an interesting point of of she never lost her agency even though she had no yeah talk about a a strong i mean she had no reason to be as strong-willed and and as strong of a a woman as she was Coming from where she did, there was nothing that should have indicated that she was going to be that strong-willed and 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 that I don't know that strong to be able to to skillfully and, and with wisdom that comes I suppose with three hundred years um, to be able to navigate through that and keep her heads or her head you know on her shoulders squared up the whole time. Interesting, interesting viewpoint. I guess I I didn't even really think of it from the viewpoint of. We've got a an excellent story with a powerful woman at driving it. You know, your your main character being just, uh, I mean, it, it's not a superhero story, but she's a Wonder Woman, you know, living for centuries, only she doesn't have superpowers, yep. you know. And instead of an invisible jet, she has an invisible life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, <laughs> this book, uh, I'm, I'm going to, you guys think this over. I'm going to ask you for your, we're going to rate it on a one to five scale. I thought it'd be kind of fun to do. Don't worry. It's nothing that anyone's going to hold it to, but, um, on Goodreads, if you look this up, this book has 323,063 ratings, 52,815 reviews, the average rating for this book is at a 4.27 out of five stars. So real quick, why don't we go around? What, what do you rate it? And, uh, and then we'll, we'll kind of get out of here. 
I gave it a solid it's a fair four. rating. Yeah. Yeah, that's my thought too. Solid four for the two of you. Uh-huh. Gotcha. And so Matt and Christy had a four. Justin, how about you? I would say a five. Gotcha. Uh, I will it. say like most things I read, mm-hmm. I will give a five. Like I'm a very easy critic. <laughs> well, when I <laughs> write this one, next I, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm I'm kind of the same way. I have a hard time really hating on something, but there's a few I have. But Jacob, oh, yeah. how about you? So uh with the caveat that I've I've started to try to be a little more intentional with my ratings because I looked at my letterbox and my <laughs> and my um um and what's the the one Goodreads, for Goodreads yeah. and everything was you know four four right. five or five and I started to realize there was no point in even me looking back at right. my ratings because they didn't tell right. anything. So that being said, I've skewed my ratings down significantly to where I gotcha. used to. I would probably I would say three five, which is is pretty strong for me. Three and a half is still a, a solid, you know, yeah. above average. I, I like it. I, I'd I'd put this right in that that wheelhouse, about three and a half to a. Well, no, I'm sorry, about a four to a four and a half is what I was thinking. I yeah. really did enjoy it outside of my wheelhouse, and I too, Jacob, I'm I'm much like you, where I'm trying hard to be a little more. Um, I don't want to say critical, but a little a little more harder on myself to not just give everything fours and five because I, I have that tendency to be like, ah, even if it wasn't great, I love that story. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're definitely in the, in the, the age of minimum is five stars. Right. Like, give us five stars. If we did the bare minimum, we deserve right. five stars. Exactly. So I think everybody has gotten used to everything being right. five stars. So Absolutely. It, it, it's, you know, you have to intentionally pull it down a little bit if it's to mean anything i think absolutely no like i just think did i enjoy it i enjoyed it five stars if i didn't enjoy it i'll give it two like me it's a two or five yeah nothing wrong with that at all so when we look at it we've got we've got a five we've got a 3.5 we've got a four a four and a i'll just give myself a four also that puts us at what do we have? Uh, average rating for the AIC Story Club live chat of a four point one. There we go. So I'd say I'd say all in all, it's a pretty good deal. Now, yeah, um, or a pretty good story, I should say. For for listeners, now we in the Discord. If you haven't joined us there already, I'm going to do a little bit of an outro. I'll give you all the details on how to find that. We're going to pick another story here in the chat um, for the next month. So by the time you hear this, it, it'll be underway already. Um, so you might miss out on the very next one, but if you've enjoyed this, absolutely jump in the discord. We'd love to have you. There's some awesome people in here. Um, and you know, that, that, hey, oh. yeah. <laughs> somebody's got to be, <laughs> yeah, even Justin. No. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I, I, I just want to tell you guys again, a sincere thank you for, for taking time to join me tonight for this chat, for being willing to jump in on this, uh, story club idea. And the big thing to, you know, as we look to pick the next thing, the next, the next story, I named it the story club because I, I want to be free to, cause I love movies. I love, um, you know, books, I love all kinds of things and, and story is the key. And so, you know, when we look forward, it might not always be a book. So if you're not a huge reader, stay tuned because, you know, maybe we'll pick a movie or a, a Netflix series or who knows what, whatever the kind of group, we just kind of all talk about it and throw some ideas out and whatever we decide, that's what we're going with. So. If you love storytelling, jump in and join us. So I do want to just thank you guys sincerely again uh, for taking time to 
not only come here tonight, but participate in the discord and uh, support and listen to the show and everything else. It means the world to me. And I'm so glad you guys are having fun with it. So thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> I was like, "Wow!" No, I, I didn't, I know, I didn't want to interrupt him. That's why I was like, "That was such a good, that was such a good stretch." I'm like, "I don't want to interrupt yep, yeah, him." Like, 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 yeah. Thank you for putting it together. You're welcome. Yeah, and <laughs> it, it, it felt like you were addressing the audience, and then it yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of turned where you were addressing yeah. us. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't worry. Normally, I'd cut out silence, but because that one made me look like a complete buffoon, I'm leaving that in. I'm totally leaving it in. <laughs> no to, to you guys here the five of you or four of you guys that jumped in to all of you in the discord too um that maybe couldn't join us tonight that's who i'm speaking to i really appreciate you and of course anyone new that wants to come in you know we'd we'd welcome you with open arms and, and i hope you're listening and enjoying what i'm doing but the four of you that were here tonight is is who i want to thank and that's who i'm talking to now so i really appreciate it you're very welcome thanks for putting it together yeah, it was good fun anytime <laughs> Well, there you have it, guys. That was the conversation from the AIC Story Club live chat, the very first one we've ever held, where we had a discussion about the invisible life of Addie LaRue. If you don't already, jump over to Goodreads. I think you'll like it. It's a social media for book lovers. Really, really enjoyable place to hang out, keep track of what you're reading, and get inspiration to read other books that maybe you wouldn't normally see. And of course, if you're interested in joining the Discord, we'd love to have you. That's over at AICStories.com. You'll find the links right there. And naturally, the last thing to plug and promote and, you know, shamelessly self-advertise is the podcast itself, AIC Stories. I come out with new episodes every Tuesday. And we're running right now with Faded Words and with Mystery Minnesota. Faded Words is the podcast where i'm sharing classic stories from days long past i'm telling stories to you narrating them for you putting them all together and helping to keep those old stories alive because there's some great ones out there there uh, also is mystery minnesota which is the original fiction podcast that i wrote created produced narrated all of that fun stuff and we are getting close now the final season is upon us so uh, very shortly, you're going to be hearing that if it's not already out by the time this airs. I forgot when the dates will be. But anyways, all of that can be found if you just subscribe to AIC Stories in the podcast app of your choice. There are numerous options. You'll find those all at AICStories.com. There's links to just about anywhere you can think of where you want to subscribe and follow and listen to AIC Stories content. Um, there is, of course, one big favor you could do for me if you enjoy this episode, this type of content, or even the storytelling content that you see normally from the other series on AIC Stories. Please just share it with a friend. Consider... Uh, leaving a rating review and hopefully five stars if you think i've deserved it but otherwise be honest and we'd love to hear from you so 
anything you can do that way to help is very much appreciated. So I'm going to get out of here, guys. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation, this chat about the invisible life with Addie LaRue. I hope you're interested in joining the Discord, the official AIC Stories Discord, and uh, jumping into the monthly AIC Story Club. Got a lot of fun things planned and kind of letting you guys, the listeners and friends of the show, Letting you guys drive that story club and and see what you guys want to explore in terms of stories, books, movies, whatever it might be. So next week, we'll be back with our regularly scheduled programs. Faded Words, Mystery Minnesota. I'm not sure where this is going to fall in the lineup yet, but it'll be here next Tuesday with a brand new episode. And until then, I really appreciate you listening. I appreciate you following me along on this journey. And... I appreciate the fact that you love stories as much as I do. Take care and we'll see you next time.